Welcome. You're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank. So, we uh, did start a new series. I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to kind of continue the series, but uh, more of a Christmas Day message along with this series. But our series right now has been titled Authentic Faith. And we've been talking about having authentic faith. We, we need to make sure we have the authentic Amen. That, that's that's of high importance that we have real, authentic faith. Because fake faith will not work and that will not get us into the presence of God. And in this earth, you know, we, we are surrounded by falseness. Falseness is all over the place. And we've been saying that throughout this series. But uh, you know, I, the more I, the more, you know, usually when I go through these, uh, when I d- develop a series, I just keep getting more thoughts on it and more thoughts on it, you know. And, and, and I was thinking just last night, I'm thinking, you know, if we could just calculate the lies told every day, it would just astound us. It would be just astounding if we could, if we could actually account the amount of lies told in this earth. And just think about that. You know, the Satan is the father of lies and Satan is the God of this world system. And how many lies are told every single day? Woo, that is, a, that, is boy, that, that is like, woo. That's a scary thought. But that's the world we actually live in. That's where we live. And, and, and I know there's beauty around us and God created this beautiful earth, but it is under a curse because of sin. And so we are in a cursed place and that's why we can go on every street corner and hear a lie. We can hear lies all day long. It's, it's sickening really when you start thinking about it, but it's everywhere. You know, many people, you know, I'm sure you've had them in your life. You trusted them and, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, they're not the real deal. They're fake, right? They weren't the real deal. And that, that's not fun, is it? Not fun, not fun at all. Of course, we've been talking about counterfeit money. It's everywhere. We don't even hardly realize it because we don't deal with it. But talk to some managers of stores. <laughs> talk to me. I've managed stores for 12 years. I had all kinds of counterfeit money. So I'm just, we were saying, there's falseness all around this earth. Falseness is all over the place. It's really a sad thing. And of course, in heaven, we don't, that's not going to be the case, is it? There will be no more falseness when we're in the presence of God. Hallelujah. But we need to make sure our faith is genuine. We don't want false faith. And we certainly don't want to hear, I never knew you. Because Jesus said, you can read it in the gospels. He said, he's going to say to some, I never knew you. We don't want to be in that camp. Amen. So in this series, we're looking at ways to gauge or measure authentic faith. And we've been saying, judge ourselves. That's 1 Corinthians eleven, thirty-one. 31. Paul said, judge yourself, lest you be judged. Lest you be judged. <laughs> judge yourself. And that's what we're doing. We're judging ourselves. We're gauging ourselves, right? And if we find out we're off course at all, then we make a correction. We say, wait a second, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, mm, what? Okay, I need to make a correction there. I need to get on track. And that's called repentance. And Christians uh, should be in repentance mode. <laughs> really all the time. Anything that comes up that God says, eh, 
You say, yes, sir. You're right, I'm wrong. Uh-huh. And we repent of it and we go his way. We take his direction. And I'll just review a little bit before we get into today's topic. The first week we talked about worshiping the real Jesus. Authentic Christianity only worships the real Jesus. And today there's a fluffy Jesus out there. <laughs> there's a false Jesus out there that people worship. Well, they're not actually worship, worshiping Jesus. If it's a false Jesus, it's false. He is a false Jesus. We have to worship the real Jesus. And as even we said last night, right? The real Jesus is God. He is God. He is Emmanuel. And he is God. He always has been. He didn't, he, we didn't, he, as we said last night, he didn't originate at his birth. He just came into the form of a man at his birth. And now he's going to be in the form of a man forever. God did that for us. And now he has the scars like he showed Thomas, doubting Thomas. He said, look at the scars in my hands and in my feet. He's going to be in the form of a man forever. Why? He has to be because he redeemed mankind. And he can't change form again because <laughs> he is the Savior. And he, we are in Christ forever. He can't change form because we are in him. So forever we have to worship the real Jesus. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus, Emmanuel, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Right? We worship the real Jesus. We bow before the real Jesus. Amen. Amen. It, it, as we said last night, if we don't, if we don't, if we don't worship Him as God, we're, we're lowering Him. We never want to lower Jesus. We want to raise up Jesus. Lift up Jesus. Exalt Jesus. We want the real Jesus. I don't want no fluffy Jesus. <laughs> the second week we talked about our words. Authentic Christians are going to have a change of words. Why? Because God comes to live on the inside of us when we're born again. He, we become temples of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of us says, yeah, you don't say that anymore. The Holy Spirit on the inside of us says, yeah, I need you to say this right now. I need you to stop saying that. I need you to say that. Authentic Christianity, we're supposed to be changing our words. Amen? The, uh, the third week, we talked about the ecclesia, which is uh, the trans or the church is the translation of ecclesia, which means simply means assembly. And the assembly of the body should be heavy for every Christian. Like I said during that message, I ran to church when I got saved. No one said, get to church. <laughs> you need to get to church. I ran to church. Authentic Christianity calls the meeting of the body, the ecclesia, as a very, it's, a, it's at the top of the to-do list. It's something they look forward to. It's something that's on the calendar. Amen. The fourth week, we looked at the praise gauge. As Christians, we should be full of praise. It should be a normal lifestyle for us to lift our hands, lift our voice, praise God with our lips, giving the sacrifice of praise to our great God. Amen? Amen. That's authentic Christianity is going to have praise rising to Jesus. 
praise rising to the Father. Why? Because our, our heart has been changed and we know that we, we are now born again. We know we are children of God. And you can't but help praise God when you know that. Amen. You can't but help lift some praise to God when you realize who, where you were and what you are now. Hello? When you realize where you were headed, hell, and you realize where you're going, heaven. Amen. You realize you're going to be with God forever. Woo! That'll, that'll get you some praise on. Amen. Last week we looked at the importance of giving. Authentic Christianity will support the preaching of the gospel. We went through many, many verses and we could, we could go through many more. But as we said, whatever we truly care about is easily found by our checkbook or our visa statement or our MasterCard statement <laughs> or our Costco card. <laughs> we go on and on, right? <laughs> whatever we truly care about is going to be found out really easy, right? So that's why I said, even in that message, I said, when I got saved, I just started giving. Like, here, you know, here, here's, here's, here, I'll send, I'm going to send them a check too. I'm going to send them a check. Ah, oh, wow, that's a great ministry. I'm going to send them a check too. <laughs> Come on. Why? Because it came out of my heart. Again, no one said, you need to start giving. No, I just wanted to. Amen. So today we're taking a slight detour. I say slight because it's, it's, it, it, the Lord just dropped my heart, but it still, it went right into the series. I thought, wow, praise the Lord. So we're going to look at something authentic that Christians have. And that word we're going to talk about today is hope. H-O-P-E. And we're going to look at 1 Peter 1.3 to start. And uh, like I said, we're, we're going to keep it short today. <laughs> First Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, aren't you thankful for the mercy of God? He is abundant in it. There's another verse in Ephesians I always talk about. And it says basically the same thing. It says God is filthy, stinking rich in mercy. I mean, if you look at the literal Greek, it's saying he's filthy, stinking rich in mercy. He has a lot of mercy to give. Thank God. According to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, because of Jesus, we have real hope. We got the real thing. We got the real deal. Real living hope. Hope defined is joyful and confident expectation. Joyful and confident expectation. Confident. Right? Hope and faith go together. They're twins. They're power twins. You got hope and then you got faith. Hallelujah. We, we do not have fake hope as Christians. Amen. We got the real deal. We got real authentic hope. And Jesus did come to earth, which we're uh, celebrating especially at this time. Right. Jesus did come to earth. That is a historical fact. 
We talked about that last night. You want to, you want, anybody who says, well, I just don't believe it. They just don't want to look into it. <laughs> we talked about Lee Strobel, who, who wrote a book, how he found Jesus, because uh, uh, he, he researched Jesus and he found out, oh, wait a second, this is all real. In fact, there's so much to back this up, how could you not believe it? Just in the historical fact record, there's so much there that if you actually study it and look it up for yourself, you'll find out it's all real. Hallelujah. And we're celebrating that today, that he came for us. He was born in Bethlehem as prophesied. We talked about that last night with Micah 5.2. He was born in Bethlehem. The prophecies were all fulfilled exactly as written. And Jesus did live a perfect life. He, he also did die for our sins. And he has risen. He has risen. We just read it in the verse, right? He has risen for our justification. That we would be justified in the sight of God. He has risen. And soon, and very, I believe soon, we're going to be caught up to meet Jesus in the air and be with him forever. And we're going to look at that because we're talking about hope right now. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4. If you've studied end times much, you've, you've certainly run across this. 1 Thessalonians 4.15, we're going to read 15 through 18. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. In other words, those who are in the grave. I like how the Bible calls them sleeping. Because really, they're not even there. They're in heaven with the Lord. If they're saved, they were saved. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Woo! You shouldn't be loud in church, right? <laughs> For the Lord himself will descend with he from heaven with a shout. With the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. Ooh. And then there's others who say, well, you shouldn't play instruments in church. There's a lot of people who say, don't be loud in church. And a lot of people say, you shouldn't play instruments in church. And I'm like, I'll give you a lot of verses against that one. This is one of them. It's okay to be loud and it's okay to play the trumpet. Ooh, I've heard some good Christian trumpet players. That's fun. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Right? Those who have passed, you'll see their bodies come out of the ground. Won't that be something? Be fun to be in a graveyard at that moment. <laughs> And then, you, then, then what happens? Then we go on. Then we go on right after that, right? Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Amen. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. That's what we're doing this morning. There is so much hope found here. Amen. Right in these verses, there is so much hope. I think of these verses often. We, we know that we're, pretty soon we're going to be caught up. 
What a ride. You think you've been on a good ride at Disneyland? Uh-uh. Woo! You, you, woo! Come on. The Lord shouts, come on up! Whoosh! Woo! We're going to be, woo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> it's going to be nothing like, that's going to be the best ride we've ever been on. That's going to be fun. A free flight to heaven. As we soar through the air. But very soon, come on, we get to be with Jesus. We're going to be sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're talking about hope today. We're going to be sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I tell you what, that's going to be a good supper. That's going to be the best supper we've ever had. <laughs> You've had some good suppers, right? We were like, wow, that, well, I mean, it has some good steaks where I'm like, wow, that is a steak. Sometimes you get a steak and you're like, eh, it's a steak. And then you have some steaks you're like, wow. Oh, can you imagine the marriage supper of the Lamb? We're going to have heavenly food. And then what do we do? We get to be married to Jesus forever. Come on, saints, this is coming soon. And these words bring us much comfort, do they not? And God gave us these words to comfort us. Notice he even said right at the beginning of that, by the word of the Lord. He said, I say to this to you by the word of the Lord. He wanted to comfort us. God likes to comfort us. You know, God wants us comfortable. <laughs> you know, the, another, a word that, uh, that's used of the Holy Spirit a word that you may have heard before, it's a popular word to talk about in the Greek, is paraclete. And Jesus said, I'm going to send the paraclete to you in the Greek. And it's translated comforter. That's the, trans, that's the basic, most often used translation of paraclete. The comforter. It's also translated as the one called alongside to help. The Holy Spirit is alongside to help us and comfort us. And that's what he's doing right now. Amen. Amen. He is the great comforter. God is the great comforter. God does not want us to fret over the evil one. Hello? God wants us to know today that soon we will be in his presence. Forever. There's great hope in these words today. Look at Romans 15... Four. There's many, many, many verses about hope. I'm just covering a few of them today. Romans 15.4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Ooh. The Scriptures bring us comfort and hope. We just talked about the Holy Spirit giving us comfort. The scriptures give us hope and comfort, right? The Bible will fill us with hope. Amen. If we believe it, right? It's going to fill us with hope. If we just believe what we just read in 1 Thessalonians 14, 4, 4, <laughs> 4, we're like, woo, pretty soon I'm going to be caught up with Jesus. Come on. In the Bible, we find answers for our earth life. In the Bible, we find understanding for the evil that we see around us. I feel sorry for the world that doesn't know what's happening. 
They don't even know what's happening. Come on. Imagine if we didn't already know what is going to happen. Imagine if we didn't know what's going to happen. It would be a little bit scary, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be a bit scary. But uh, 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 we have the Bible. Amen? It would be much harder to deal with these evil times if we didn't know the ending. But we know the ending. <laughs> Amen? We know how it's all going to end. We know. Satan loses. He's already lost, technically. He just hasn't been locked up forever yet. And that's coming real soon. Satan loses and he is thrown and all his evil is thrown into the lake of fire forever. That's some good news. And that brings us hope. Amen? We have hope because of the scripture. We know what's going to happen and we're not to despair. And that's one reason I say all the time right here, we don't neglect our Bibles. He says the scriptures are going to give us hope and comfort. You don't want to neglect the Bible, the, the study of the Bible, the reading of the Bible. That's going to keep us on track. It's going to keep us on track. It's going to keep us going the right direction. Man, I think back many times in my Christian life, I, you know, you start struggling in some area, you start thinking some wrong thoughts and you get right in here and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> there it is. There's the answer again. Yep. Ah, yep. 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 And, uh, you know, you let it slip. But that's that's the verse we've been reading at the beginning of the series every week is Hebrews where it says, lest we drift away. Another little literal translation of that drift is slip. Lest we slip away. And how is it easy to slip away? I'll tell you one way. It's very easy to slip away from the truth, slip away from God, slip away from faith. You don't get into here. It's very easy to slip away. And that is actually prevalent in Christianity today. And another big pastor just said, we need to stop putting so much emphasis on the Bible. Big name pastor said, we need to stop putting so much emphasis on the Bible. And I'm like, it's the word. This is all we got down here. I mean, of course we got the Holy Spirit. But I mean, and if we didn't have this, you know, we'd be relying on the Holy Spirit a lot more. You know what I mean? I've heard stories in China where they have to rely so much on the Holy Spirit because they don't have this in many places. And so they have to be in tune because the Holy Spirit will tell them about this. The Holy Spirit will say, leave where you're at right now because he knows who's coming. Hello? He knows they're about to be killed. So they have to rely on the Holy Spirit <laughs> and we need to rely on the Holy Spirit more also. We need to be better in tune. We talk about that a lot around here. But the Bible cannot be neglected because the Bible brings us hope and comfort and it's showing us what's to come, which gives us great hope. That's what we're talking about this morning. Amen? Hope. Confident and joyful expectation. Let's look at Romans 15, 13. 
Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ooh, abound. I like that. Abound in hope. <laughs> People are like, why are you so joyful? I'm abounding in hope. Amen. And notice this. This is really interesting. This is a title of God we don't often mention, but it says the God of hope. God is the God of hope. That is a title given to God right here. I don't think that's talked enough, uh, enough about. He is not the God of depression. He is not the God of bad news. He is not the God of doubt. He is not the God of despair. <laughs> Come on now. He is not the God of discouragement. He is the God of hope. Amen. Hope. He fills us with hope. And joy comes to the Christian because we are filled with hope. Peace of God floods the Christian because we are filled with hope. Faith permeates the heart of a Christian because we are filled with hope. And Christians are the only ones with authentic hope. I say authentic. We're talking about authentic faith. Christians are the only ones with authentic hope. The real deal. The world does not have real hope. Oh, they'll talk about it like they do, but they don't. The world has fake hope. It's fake. They think someday it's going to get better. <laughs> someday it's just all going to get better. Why do they say peace? Because they think somehow the world is going to produce peace. Not happening. Not happening. Come on now. They got the peace symbol. People love that peace symbol because they think somehow this world will come to peace of its own accord. Never going to happen. Why is Jesus the Prince of Peace? He is the only one with real peace. He is the only one who will bring real peace when he rules and reigns as King of Kings and Lord of Lords forever on the earth. That's real peace. No, the world is not going to get better. It's going to get more evil. It's going to get more dark. There's going to be things we've never even thought about. It's going to get worse than it's ever, ever been. Revelation, I was just reading Revelation. It says blood will rise to the horse's bridle. Revelation chapter 14, when the mark of the beast is given. And the wrath of God is poured out. That's what it's talking about there. The wine press of the wrath of God will be pressed and the angel will be sent and the blood will rise to the horse's bridle. Oh, it's going to get ugly. And this isn't a down message. This is the truth message. And, and, and Christians, it doesn't even matter because we have the hope, the real hope. We already know what's going to happen. We know. We don't have fake hope. Come on. The world bases everything on lies, and we know who the father of lies is. Hello? That's the devil. 
and lies birth more evil. And so they tell another lie and there's more evil. And there's more lies and more evil and more lies and more evil and more lies and more evil. And lies have filled the minds of most of the world. And we talk about that's again end times right there. Uh, it says in the end there will be a, a delusion upon many people. Millions of people are in the great delusion. And they will be completely, utterly deceived. And yet, they still are holding on to this hope that it's going to get better. <laughs> it's not. The world is going down. And we are in that time period where the book of Revelation is, I believe we're in the, in the beginning stages of the book of Revelation. Some people already think we're in the tribulation. I say, I don't think we're there yet. But I think we're right on the verge of the tribulation. And the tribulation, if you don't know, is a seven-year period where the wrath of God is poured out and the end comes. And I believe we're right on the verge of that. And so the Christian has real hope. The world says, well, it, 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 it's just going to get better. I know it's going to get better. I just know. I just know. I just know. And all of a sudden, it's all over. And all the Christians are with Jesus forever. All the Christians are sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb, eating good. And we're just excited to be in the presence of God. And we're just, woo -hoo! And all the people who thought it's just going to get better, somehow these world leaders are somehow going to get things together and there's going to be peace on earth. Realize, oops, oops, there was only one Prince of Peace. There was only one with true peace. There was only one and I missed it and I didn't call upon Jesus. And the door will be closed. As the Bible says, the door will be closed and no one else will be allowed in ever but that's the time period we're in but as Christians we can abound in hope why because we have the truth and if you have the truth come on you don't have to be afraid of anything Amen. you don't be afraid of anything why well we're on the right team <laughs> we're on the winning team we're on God's team Technically, the game is already decided. We just, see, we just see the game happening before us, but we already know the ending. We flip over to Revelation and we read the whole ending. Come on. So, so we are on the right team. And, and God, God is sitting, the Bible says, that God is sitting in the heavens laughing at their evil plans. <laughs> laughing. Laughing at their evil plans. Uh, I, I suggest Christians that we join right in with God. And laugh at their evil plans. Because it's all going to come to naught. It's all going to come to nothing. They are going to be thrown into the lake of fire forever. All evil will be gone forever. We, we, we don't have to worry a bit. We don't have to worry a bit. We should laugh at the enemy. Be joyful. Why? Because you're full of hope. Even in the evil. 
Come on. We're full of hope. We're joyful and we can laugh. If we lose our laugh, we're in trouble. Hello? Hope should be abounding in every Christian. Why? Because we know the truth and the truth will set us free. Come on now. That was good. <laughs> hmm. Knowing the truth is going to cause us to have no fear. When we truly know the truth, we have. It's, it's like, it's like you know, Stephen, when he was stoned to death, I was finding it amazing he didn't try and run away. Stephen, preaching Jesus to the Jews there, he's like, just preaching Jesus to them and they're going to start stoning them to kill him. Throwing the rocks at him. He keeps a preaching. Come on. And then he just, he's like, he sees Jesus. He's like, forgive them of their sin. Just like Jesus on the cross. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're in delusion. They're deluded. They're completely deceived. Completely blind for what's actually happening. Come on. He knew the truth. And he was hopeful. He was full of hope. Even as he died, he knew he was going straight into the presence of Jesus. I always think, you know, if, if things, if we don't get raptured out of here before the tribulation, then, and we have to go through some martyrdom, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> big deal. Woo, we got to go home and be with Jesus. <laughs> Come on. He, he, you better be ready to stand up for Jesus no matter what. Yeah. Amen. You do not want to end up, we just watched the, it's a great movie, Revelation, it's called, I got it, if you want to watch it, it's on DVD, I just found it in my office. We watched it on, I don't know, on Amazon or something. Yeah, and uh, we just, it's called the Revelation, and, and it's about the rapture and how, you know, all the uh, evil that's going to take place. It's, it's made in like 99, and it is, it is accurate for what's happening right now. 99, it was made in 99, 1999. I'm like, Wow. How did they? Well, they did it off the Bible. <laughs> That's how they did it. And my point out of that was in, in the movie, there's a family that uh, they, they are called by the, uh, the, the authorities. They're called the haters, even though they're the Christians on earth left. And they're called the haters. And, and uh, the, the mom, in the, they take the family to prison and, and the mom, they take her daughter away and... and they don't show anything, but basically they say they tortured her to death. And, and then the husband is shot. And the wife is there being uh, examined by this evil, evil. Well, he's actually demonic in the movies, demonic, possessed man. And uh, he, he's slapping her saying, denounce Jesus, denounce Jesus. And of course, she's like, I will never denounce Jesus. Hello. You better be ready to never denounce Jesus. Amen? Amen. Why? Well, first of all, you got the faith in your heart and you would not want to give that up. You would not want to slip away because someone's slapping you or killing you. Why? Because you're going to go right into the presence of God. You're going to go, whoop, and see Jesus. Just like Stephen did. Stephen stoned it. What a horrible way to die. Stones hitting you in the head. Stones hitting you, hitting you, hitting you, hitting you. And finally, you're just dead. But he went right into the presence of God, filled with hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now. 
What are you saying today, PV? I'm saying in these last days, we still have hope. Amen. We have hope of eternity. Oh, eternal life with God forever. That alone should bring us great hope. Confident, joyful expectation of what is to come. Woo! We have hope of seeing our loved ones who died in the Lord. You have loved ones. I have loved ones that died in the Lord. They were in the Lord. They were in Christ. And they died in the Lord. We're going to see them again very soon. We have that hope. That's great hope, isn't it? I get to see them again. Hallelujah. We have hope, of course, with being with Jesus forever. We have hope of being with Jesus forever. Amen. Whoo! That'll bring us some hope. And that is hope. We have hope of living in the presence of love. God is love. We get to be around real, authentic love forever. Right, this series, we're talking about false. False. We've, we've, seen, we've all had false love in our life, right? We get to be around real, authentic love forever. God is love. We get to dwell in his, around his throne room. We get to praise him. We get to, woo, it's going to be a praising time. It's going to be awesome. I don't know all the things God has planned, but we know it's good. And that, of course, goes back to Scripture. And all the things that he has planned for us. I, I hasn't seen nor ear heard what he has planned. There's more hope. Amen? Amen. We got good things ahead of us forever. So we're, we're in this earth for a few moments of time. A few moments of evil around us. A few moments of falseness. A few moments of lies. A few moments of putting up with Satan every day of our life. <laughs> but soon, saints, we're going to be in his presence. I don't know when First Thessalonians 4 is going to come to pass, but I don't think it's far away. Come on now. We, we, we should never lose our hope. Amen? Amen? It may look bad out there. Have you noticed? It may look like evil is winning. But no, we know the ending. Evil is not a winning. <laughs> Evil's not winning. We are winning. We are the winners. We are always the winners. We will always be the winners. Why? Because we've chosen Jesus. We've chosen the gift of God given to us. We've chosen to receive what he did for us. We've chosen to honor him. We've chosen to love him. We've chosen to worship him. We've chosen to receive all that he's done for us. So we are on the winning team forever. So we should never, ever, ever lose our hope. No matter what this world looks like, we don't want to lose our hope. God is still the God of hope. It said it. We read it. He is the God of hope. He has not changed. He has not changed. And he wants us to know today. He wants us to know that everything is going according to plan. Everything's going according to plan. It's all been planned out. And we just see, we just see these little tidbits of time. 
we just see these little tidbits around us. And we think, I'm losing my hope. But God's saying, no, no, no. It's all going according to plan. Because it all has to come to pass as was written. And it was written. Revelation was written. And it is written. And it has to come to pass as written. So as the world goes down in evil, as the world gets darker, and the lies grow stronger, and the deception grows stronger, we never ever lose hope. We never, ever lose hope. We never lose heart. We stand strong for him all the days of our life. We keep standing strong with hope because we know pretty soon we're going to be in his presence. We never, ever, ever, God says today, we never, ever, ever, you must never, never, ever, ever lose your hope, your confident, joyful expectation that Jesus soon is going to appear in the clouds. And he says, look up. For your redemption draws nigh. Amen? Amen? He's saying that right now. Look up. Look up. Get your eyes off of this world. Get your eyes off of the evil. Look up. Because soon you're going to see Jesus descending. Just as he ascended. The angels of God when he ascended in the book of Acts. The angels of God turned to the disciples and said. What are you looking at? He's going to descend just like he ascended. Woo! There's some hope for you right there. Soon, all of this mess we live in, we won't even think about it again. We'll never even think about it again. And yet, our minds are so focused on this earthly world and the evil that's taking place, and pretty soon we will never, ever even think about it again. Because we'll be in the presence of God and there won't even be a thought on our mind ever again. So, raise your hope level today. Raise that hope level that may have been down here. Raise it up. And keep raising it until your eyes are looking up as Jesus said to do, right? Look up. When these things come to pass, look up. When the evil start to take over, look up. Because the rede your redemption is drawing near. And your hope should be alive and active and joyful and confident. Because God is faithful and he will fulfill his word to the exact minute detail. As he did just as we talked about last night. The prophecies of Jesus fulfilled to the exact minute detail. It's all going to happen. Everything in here is going to happen. So don't lose your hope because he has written it and it shall come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the, your written word. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, we have hope. And we always have hope. And we always will have hope. Confident, joyful expectation that you will soon be returning. Jesus will still, will soon be coming through the clouds. And soon we will fly through the air to meet Jesus. And we will be seated at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we'll be married to Jesus forever. So Father, we will not lose hope. And we will stand strong for you all the days of our life. And we will stand up for Jesus.
and stand up for the truth and stand up for who you are, the creator of all things. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor today, our great God. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. I always like to end with a salvation call. If you don't know Jesus today, if you don't know this Jesus we've been talking about, if you don't truly know him, if you have not made him Lord and you have not been born again, you have not become a new creation in Christ, you have not become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then the wrath of God will be poured out on you. And I know a lot of churches don't like to talk about that anymore, but we tell the truth around here. And without Christ, without being in Christ, the wrath of God will be poured out. Because the only reason the wrath of God is not being poured out on every human right now, except the Christians, because they're already born again, they're already saved, they're already saved from the wrath of God. The only reason the wrath of God is not being poured out on all the evil in this earth is because of God's great mercy. And God, we just read about it, and God's great grace. We are what's called the age of grace. We're in the age of grace right now. Jesus died, Jesus was resurrected, and now we're in a time period called the age of grace. And God's grace is allowing people to come into the kingdom, to be saved, to have eternal life. But that time period is running out, as we just talked about. And that time period is about done. And the age of grace is not a forever thing. It is a time period. Eternity is eternity. Age of grace is not eternal. And so we're in the age of grace. And right now is your time, my time, every person's time on this earth during the age of grace, when God has, has, has favor upon mankind, he brought Jesus to die. He brought Jesus to be resurrected. He is a time of favor upon mankind. There's just a small time period where the favor of God can be received by all men. All mankind can receive that favor of God in this time period. But when that time period is over, then we go into eternity. And right here is where the door is closed. And no one will be able to enter into eternity without, without accepting the work of Jesus in this age of grace. As we talked about last night, we got to receive what Jesus did for us. Each person has to receive the forgiveness of sin. Each person has to call upon the Lord. Each person has to humble themselves. If someone will not humble themselves before the Lord, before the Christ, before God, the Messiah, if they will not humble themselves before him, they say, I am good enough on my own. And every person has that right to say it, but it will not, it will not work in the end when they face God. As we know, all of sin and fall short of God's glory. It will not work when you face God. It will not work. And many people will say, but I was a good person. I didn't hurt anybody. I really didn't, I really didn't do any bad. I mean, I did, you know, I had those wrong thoughts. I had those wrong actions, but I wasn't that bad. So God, you got to let me in. And he'll say, no, there is only one way in and that's through Jesus. And you rejected him. And you said, he's not the way. You heard John 3.16 and you rejected it. You heard, you heard Pastor Vern preach and you rejected it. <laughs> you, heard, you heard a lot of people preach and you rejected it. And so there will be no answer at that time. But right now the answer is still available. 
I always think of Noah. I think of Noah all the time because Noah's building the ark. Noah's building the ark. Getting ready for the flood. And then the door was closed. And no one was allowed in after that. Well, that's what we're in right now. Really, the Old Testament is just a type and a shadow of what was to come. And, and that's just a type and a shadow of what's going on right now. The age of grace. It's the ark. The ark is open right now. The doors are wide open. They're wide open. Anybody on earth can walk into the ark and say, hey, I'm here. And God will say, glad you made it. Here's your bunk. <laughs> Here's your bed over here. Here's your room over here. Here's your mansion over here. Come on. <laughs> Anybody can come into the ark right now. Anybody can come into Christ right now in the age of grace, but I can't even, I can't even promise that you'll have five minutes more to do that. I can't, I can't, I cannot promise that because he could come right now and then it's over. So that door will be closed. We don't know when, just as they didn't know when, when Noah was building the ark. They didn't know when the door was closing, but it closed and that was it. And that's very clear throughout scripture. And Jesus said, be ready because you don't know the day or the hour. So I ask you today, if you don't know Jesus, you have not confessed Jesus is Lord from your heart. You believe he is alive. Come on. He died for you. He paid the price for you. You believe in your heart. He is alive. You believe he is risen from the dead and you confess him as Lord and you come into the kingdom of God. You need to come out of the kingdom of Satan. You come out of the kingdom of darkness. You come out of sin. You come out of Adam who is, was a type of sin. And you, the only way you get rid of that to come out of Adam is to go into Christ. There is only two families on earth. You're either in Adam or in Christ. That's it. So if you're not in Christ today, I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you to decide in your heart to make him Lord of your life, to make him Lord of your soul, to make him Lord of your spirit, to become a real born again, new creation in Christ and be forgiven of all sin. If that's you today, whether you're here or you're online, pray this prayer after me right now. Say, dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of all sin. I repent of all sin. I repent of all works of darkness. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus is alive. I believe he has risen again. And I believe he is the savior of all mankind. I call Jesus Lord. I call Jesus my Savior. I call Jesus my Master. Forever, I am yours. I completely belong to you. Heavenly Father, show me your ways. Teach me your ways. I will walk in them and I will do them. And I will be an obedient, obedient child in your kingdom. I thank you, Father, for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that from your heart today, for the first time, you, you became a new creation in Christ. And as I always say, if you want to be fruitful, you want to grow up in Christ, you want to really get on board, you don't want to play games with God. If you really, truly want to be what God wants you to be, you got you to gotta move, you got to take some action because faith without works is dead. 
James tells us that. You got to have some action. First of all, I tell people seven things if you want to get on board quick. Be bold about your faith. Go out and tell someone Jesus is Lord. Tell your family members, tell your aunts, tell your uncles that you are a born again Christian. Secondly, devour the word of God. You got to get in here because this is spirit food. You got to feed your spirit to grow up. Thirdly, get involved in an on fire church. Amen. Be a part of the body of Christ. You need the body and the body needs you because all the body should be together. Fourthly, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is part and parcel of Christianity. It is essential and don't let the devil steal that gift from you. If you want to know more about that, I'd be happy to talk with you or read the book of Acts <laughs> or watch our video on, on uh, YouTube on our Pacific Bible Church channel called Receive the Holy Spirit. Fifthly, start serving in the body. Don't just be a talker, be a doer. Sixthly, worship and pray and praise God all day long. Make it part of your daily life where you worship and you praise Him and you thank Him. And, and don't forget about God during your day, right? Because you're developing your relationship with, the, with God as you worship Him and talk to Him and pray and praise and thank and praise and pray and thank and praise and pray and thank. Amen? And seventh, never ever forget that you now belong to him. And it's his will. Just as Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. We as Christians are to pray, not my will, Father, but your will. Because we want to fulfill his plan. Why? Because we love him. And we want to do his will. And we want to hear, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the great gift of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for eternal life through Jesus, our Lord. We could never thank you enough, but today we've again said thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus, our Lord. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross that he would be the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice for us. Thank you, Father, that you are so good to us. Thank you for this age of grace where we can all decide to receive forgiveness of sin. As we go from here, Father, we thank you the angels of God are encamped round about us. We thank you, Father, that you said with long life you'll satisfy us because we have set our love upon you. You said no evil shall befall us, no plague shall come nigh our dwelling. You said no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And Jesus, you said nothing shall by any means hurt us. We believe it, Father. We stand on your word as we go from here. We thank you for your blessing overflowing in our life and that we would be a blessing to everyone around us as we shine the love and light of our God to others. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor today, our great God. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-A-C-B-I-B-L-E.org. We hope you join us again next week.